But Nets podcast. Welcome everybody to our inaugural, as I just said, nothing but Nets podcast, starring your excellent hosts Joshua David and Power Go. How are you, Power? I'm good, Josh. How are you doing? Um, I'm good. I'm good. So, would you like to inform the audience about what Nets we'll be talking about? So, we're going to be talking about the Brooklyn Nets and just their upcoming season. We're just going to be covering all about them and. Uh, yeah, there's not a lot of good Nets podcasts out there. Actually, none when I looked up any of them. So we just want to fill that void. And uh, it's a team that we're interested in, and uh, we definitely want to talk about them. You know, it's funny. People are probably wondering, actually, like, besides that, what are this podcast, um, our motivation really is the Nets are one of the most intriguing teams in the NBA. Would you agree? Definitely. Uh, they have a lot of – interesting pieces and they're not really built in a way that NBA teams normally are built. So intriguing is a good word to use for them. Yeah. They were uh, 14th in the Eastern conference, only 21 wins, 61 losses, which is better than the Sixers last year, but still pretty bad. But what makes them so fun is the fact that, you know, one, how they got here is one of the most interesting stories. Shout out to Billy King, one of our favorite guys for his, comedic efforts as a general manager yeah they really dug themselves in a big hole you know you mentioned their record and uh you know for a lot of teams with that kind of record they have hope at the end of the season and they have a high draft pick to uh, build upon but of course the brooklyn nets have nothing uh the management and front office of the past they really kind of mortgage the future for the present and um it didn't really work out, you know, needless to say. The, the Nets were never really good. And, you know, kind of way that they're set up, it's, it's going to be very difficult for them to be good in the future too. Yeah, um, I don't know. The Nets, one of the, again, intriguing is a word we're going to use a lot because um, they, <laughs> what a team. Just the fact that they have no draft picks – in their next this this upcoming draft, which is said to be a very good draft, and the fact that you know they have their their team are you we devoid for the Brooklyn Nets? So again, let let let's let's backtrack a little. How they get here? That yeah. big KG Paul Pierce Boston trade. That's how yeah. it all began, right? Yeah, and I remember when that. That mega team, what mega mega team was uh, constructed? I, it just didn't feel good. It didn't. I mean, to me, it just never felt like they were going to be any good. I mean, they they were hoping for you know second, third seed at best. They were not championship contenders at all, and they really just kind of gave up the farm for uh, you know a, a couple years rentals of really aging superstars in Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce, and. You know, the, the NBA has some rules where you're not allowed to trade away consecutive draft yeah. picks so that you don't get yourself in this, you know, huge hole. But, of course, the Brooklyn Nets, not only not only did they trade away all the, you know, the alternating draft picks in alternating years, but they gave the Celtics the rights to swap picks for, for two other years too. So, you know, this current year, the past draft, they lost that draft pick. Next year, they're going to have a pick swap with Boston. So Boston will get the better of the draft picks, and then they lose the, their draft pick after that. So really, they're talking about, like, no lottery picks for, like, the next, you know, two years plus the last couple of years. Um, so they've kind of had to build in uh, interesting ways now. Yeah, and that's, again, what makes them – really fun team actually they're probably not gonna be fun on the basketball court but you never know you never but, know um, that's why you have to go out there and play the games you know they have a competent front office now so um shout out to sean marks yep so Spurs gm rc buford tree yeah you know those, those guys you know he seems like a really intelligent guy and, and we'll talk about the front office a little bit later um but yeah the nets are have not been run well um and they've they're in a big hole and Sean Marks has a, you know, a big task ahead of him, but uh, you know, he's, he's kind of assembled a cast right now that not a lot of people are, are picking to do very well, but um, 
you know they they have some talent some interest to go to go on there so um what do you think Josh um I'm not as optimistic on the Nets as some other people are. Um, I, I don't think next season's gonna be very nice to them in the wins column, but um, there are some interesting pieces. They have this one pretty famous guy in New York, Jeremy Lin, pretty solid player, nice hair. We'll talk about that later. Um, they they missed out on Alan Crabb. They missed out on Tyler Johnson, who would have been some nice young pieces to fit the puzzle. But otherwise, it's it's gonna be. It's it's why 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 are you optimistic for this team? Well, I mean, I, I just think that you know the way that Sean Marks is building this team, he's trying to put it together the right way. He's not like the old regime where he's looking for quick fixes. He's really trying to um, do it the right way. And they've they've hired you know a coach Kenny Atkinson and his staff that really works on player development. And and I feel like you know so much of the NBA is being in the right situation for your talent. So we have a lot of guys who are, who are maybe like, um, you know, cast offs or journeymen or whatever. And um, they're really going to get a chance to show what they can do this year, you know, and some of them are, I think it, some of them will stand out and some of them will have really good years, you know, and they're going to surprise some people this year. Um, you know, I'm, by no means am I picking them to be, you know, title favorites or even playoffs or whatever, but, um, you know, I think when you have a bunch of hardworking, high-character guys who play together as a team, I mean, look at the Charlotte Hornets last year. You know, they weren't picked to be very good, but they, they played hard. They have good guys, and um, they had a really good season last year. Yeah, that's that's why there's I feel like there's some reason for hope. Like, there's no team that's, like, entirely hopeless, even a team like the Nets. Maybe the Kings, maybe the Kings, but the Nets, the Nets have a little hope. This marks Atkinson tandem that uh, front office coach duo. I think, I think they're going to do a good job establishing culture. As you said, I think they, they both come from winning, winning cultures. And um, I just, I just think they're going to be headed the right direction. Would you yeah, agree? I, I definitely agree. I think they're headed in the right direction. And, and just like you said, I think culture is going to be like so important for that team. And that's really going to kind of um, set up a blueprint for success for them. Well, let's go ahead and let's start talking about the acquisitions that, you know, Sean Marks has made. And um, why don't we start off with the first acquisitions that they made, um, starting with the draft. So, like we talked about, the Nets didn't have any draft picks, but they made um, some moves to kind of get some draft picks. They, they traded it off Thaddeus Young um, to the Pacers for the 20th pick, I believe. And there they drafted um, Karis Levert. What are your, what are your thoughts on, on Karis? Um, maybe he wasn't on the, in the top 20, maybe he wasn't even in the first round of some draft boards, but people often forget that, um, his junior year was a rough one because of his injury. And he was at one point, a lottery pick, albeit that was in the terrible, well, no, it wasn't. It was actually, it was, it was two years ago when he was a freshman. People thought he would go out. He, he was, he was a pretty good player. He handled the ball well. He could shoot. And, um, he, does he have good physicals? I don't remember, but. Well, I he's know like, this. Yeah, he's about it's a six pick seven. for the future. Yeah, They're gambling on his upside. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that if if this is a guy who has all the skills and all the talent, um, he's like a six seven combo guard. He can play kind of both spots. And if he had stayed healthy, because he's just had like a ton of injuries, he definitely would have been picked higher for sure. So just like you said, um, they the Nets need as many young pieces as they can to to build upon. So. Um, you know, I think that's a, a yeah, good start. A good I, start for them. Pardon me. I think I, I I think I think the Nets will be. That's why there's. I mean, they don't have their draft picks. That's the thing that gets me all the time. If you, the whole point of the system the NBA has is there's hope for teams because if they bought them out, they'll have a chance at a higher draft pick. The the Celtics swap ruins everything. The fact that they lost those picks too ruins everything. Because, let's be honest, next year, unless the Celtics have Isaiah Thomas injured, they have Jay Crowder injured, they have Brad Stevens somehow decides to go back to Butler or he gets offered a job, I don't know. Don't forget but, Al Horford too, man. Al Horford. They're, they're going to be a good team. Yeah. There's no way that team 
he's not a playoff team, in my opinion. You can't yeah. judge right away, but judging based on the talent they have and the coaching staff and everything, the Celtics will be good. That's why it's hard. You have to somehow convince me that this Nets team has a little more optimism. I think Karis Levert's a nice piece. We haven't talked really about Isaiah Whitehead yet, but um, what do you think about him? Well, I mean, well, before I move on to Whitehead, I think you know the 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 Nets have to take risks. You know, they don't have their lottery picks. They have to take gambles like Levert. I mean, he might pan out, he might not, but those are the kind of picks that they have to take to see um, to get young talent on their team. So, uh, you know, I think it's a gamble that that that's worth taking. Um, Whitehead. Quick, quick. Quick question, really quickly, before we go, go into Whitehead. Looking back on the draft, do you think Levert was the best pick for them, though? They had an opportunity to take Scalabissier. They had an opportunity to take Deontay Davis. People who thought had more upside, people, Chad Ford had Deontay Davis in his top 15 on his draft board, and Scal was almost, he, he was projected to go to the Raptors in many mock drafts. What, what do you think about that? Do you think they made the right pick? Well, okay, when I first heard that that pick, I was like, they traded Thaddeus Young to get Karis LeVert, who was projected as a second rounder. Um, but I think the Nets are more focused on improving the backcourt. They have, obviously, Brooke Lopez. And, um, you know, last year they did kind of a similar thing with uh, McCullough, who had, had torn his ACL, and he was also projected to be a lottery pick. And he's like a 6'11 power forward. So I felt I feel like... They have Rondé Hollis, Jefferson, and McCullough kind of slotted as their their forwards, you know, young guys to develop at the forward spots. So I think they wanted to try to grab some guards. Um, so there were definitely some bigs that I really liked that were still on the board. Um, but I, I mean, I guess Levert's okay. But I, you know, who who did the Spurs draft? He was supposed to be go, uh, ranked pretty high too. Yeah, so he he could have been a guy who who maybe would have been. A better pick, but we'll see. I, th- I think Levert's a, a better shooter. I think he's a good shooter, so I think he could be a good fit. Yeah, as he said, um, just I think two years ago, he was projected to be in the lottery. But um, let's move on to Whitehead. Whitehead's a fun player. Yeah, I don't. I, to be honest, I'm not a huge uh, college basketball guy, so I don't know a lot about Whitehead. I know that he's a Brooklyn native and he, you know, he's played there, and it's really good PR for them. And you know, the, the Nets need. Uh, good PR and good f- and, and more uh, fan interest. So in that sense, I think it's a good move. Um, in terms of basketball, I don't know how much he's really going to contribute this year. Yeah, that's true. Hey, you never know, though. I just remember Isaiah Whitehead watching him in Seton Hall. This kid has confidence. The kid is a gunner. He's willing to just score and score and score. He's going to be fun to watch. He's, he's like a combo guard. And um, it's going to be interesting. One thing I wonder about – the Nets draft picks, though. What do you do? You, I can't. I can't shake the feeling that they they, they could have, you know, they could have they could have reached more. They could have gone gone for more upside. Tingling on to me. What what do you think about that? We talked a little bit about that, but can you elaborate more on what you think about that? I, I definitely think that there was guys with bigger upside um, in in the draft that they could have gone for but like i said mainly they were front court players um a lot of guys who are who are ranked to go higher like um davis and labicia and even uh zubats were all like you know top 15 top 20 guys projected going in and i love zubats i love them but um you know with brooke lopez and some of these other front court guys i can understand where their thinking went and and to be honest with you i mean these GMs and these guys, they watch so much more basketball and college film than, than we do. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to trust uh, marks on this decision and um, we'll, we'll have to see. I mean, you just never know. Okay. Since we talked about the draft, let's, let's move on to um, the July happenings in the off season free agency. So yeah. they strike out on Alan Crabb and Tyler Johnson, both restricted free agents who, which their respective teams, which are Portland and Miami, matched their offer sheet. Um, I, I, I think those would have been good signings for the Nets. It's unfortunate, but what do you think? Those are two guys that I really like, guys who could shoot and who are young enough to kind of build a core for Brooklyn. I think they would have fit the system really well. Um, but they got huge, huge deals. And – I know the Nets have a ton of salary cap space, but man, some of those 
deals, you know, you're talking about like $20 million for, you know, a year for some of these guys. And that's, those are crazy numbers, crazy numbers. So well, remember, I, remember the cap, the cap with all the NBA TV money coming in, there's going to be a spike. But then uh, is that after the Warriors thing um, with KD going there, I think they're smoothing it out next year. So it's going to be a lot harder, not harder, but it's not going to be as much of a spike as people think. Right? I don't, I don't think they're smoothing it out yet, but I think that the, that this year was the biggest jump. Yeah. I think it's going to jump next year, but it's not, it's not going to smooth it. And I, and I know all the salaries are going to be insane now, but still, I, I think that crab and Johnson would have been overpaid. I mean, they're good players, but, um, I'm not sure they're worth their salaries, but of course you got to overpay to get those guys to play in Brooklyn. Um, and it definitely would have been nice to have them on the team, but I think the Nets will be okay without them. Um, you know, if they have a good season where they show that they're making progress and heading in the red, right direction next year, next free agency, which will be an even bigger one. Um, I think that they can pick up some, some uh, comparable talent next year too. You there? Josh, you frozen? Yo, you there? Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> I lost you for a second there. Um, apologies for the tech viewers. We just like to take a moment to tell you that uh, the Nothing But Nets podcast is sponsored by no one right now. <laughs> so if you're interested, get at us. <laughs> Hey, just email email us at uh what what's what's our email? Uh, nothing but net podcast at gmail dot com. And all we're right. gonna have we're gonna yeah. have our Twitter feed our Twitter set up soon too. So uh, we'll have all that ready for you guys too. This uh, is our oh this is our debut podcast. So apologies for any technical difficulties or other kinks we're trying to work out with this. And yeah, um, yeah but we're. Excited. So let's keep talking about the Nets. All right, let's move on to the guys that they did get. Um, I think one of the first signings was uh, Trevor Booker. What do you think about Trevor Booker? Trevor Booker. One of my favorite memories about Trevor Booker. He hit that no-looker. Trevor Booker <laughs> on the Utah Jazz. They called him no-looker Booker. Anyways, that's from one highlight that you should probably check out on YouTube. One of the most amazing shots. But I think he'll be okay. I mean, he's a good backup big. He, he's he he started when Rudy Gobert and Derek Favors dealt with their injury problems last year for the Jazz, and um, I think I don't think it's a terrible signing. What do you think? I mean, I think he's definitely gonna bring a lot of toughness and defense and rebounding to that team, and he's gonna be able to hit like you know that occasional mid-range jump shot. But I think you know toughness is where he's really going to you know help shape that team. I remember when. Um, Cantor and Ennis Cantor left the Jazz and Booker just like lit into him and started talking trash and he was just not afraid to back down and I, I think from from your four guy you know from one of your bigs it's good to have that somebody like that who's going to stand up for um, everybody else and just kind of you know be a tough guy because I don't I, I'm not sure if Brooke Lopez is that that type of guy so I think um, you know Booker can bring that I'm not sure if he's the best starting uh, four, but uh, and, and I don't know. We're gonna have to see kind of how Atkinson plans the rotation, but he might be slotted as a starting power forward right now. Yeah, it's it's gonna. We don't know what the rotation's gonna look like. If we're but, being one hundred percent honest, we don't know how At Atkinson's going. Um, I don't think. I think it's not a bad signing. It's it's not the sexiest signing, obviously, but. Then again, we're going to come back to this idea that they're the Nets, and they have to get what they can. They have to get creative in what the, they, they, they're going to do. Yeah, I mean, I think all you can say was it was a solid signing. It wasn't huge money. It was He's a good player, so solid signing. Um, so Agreed. So on to the next guy. Um, let's talk about Joe Harris. Joe Harris. What do you think about Joe Harris? They're getting the scraps from Cleveland. <laughs> uh, it's, I mean, Joe Harris, what? How many minutes did he play when he was on the Cavs? He, he had I didn't watch anything of Virginia. But uh, 
when he was in college. But um, I don't know. I just remember one time he had a three-pointer and LeBron was cheering for him. Good for him. Um, <laughs> I remember he had a pretty solid stretch at one point when uh, he, I think this was last year, the start of last year, when they had some injuries and he started for a while and he played pretty decently. You know, he's definitely – you know, a floor spacer. Hopefully he's kind of like a, a tough nosed guy who, who can contribute. But with saying that, I think, I think the Nets can use anything at this point. So it's not a bad pickup. Yeah. Not too bad. Um, man, I, I know like these are just not, not the most sexiest picks, like, you know, pickups that you can have, you know, we're talking about guys and most of you guys probably like who's Joe Harris or who's, you know, Trevor Booker, but that that's the guys that the Nets got. Um, so, I mean, there's Justin Hamilton. I think he's going to be a solid center. Not sure how much he's going to move the needle. So let's just move on. Um, Did he play, wait, really quick question about Justin Hamilton. Did he play the EuroLeague last year? Yeah, he was – I think he was drafted by the Heat, but then he had a really good, solid yeah. um, season in the EuroLeague. I think it's Spain, you know, like maybe the second-best league in the world after the NBA. Yeah. So he had, a, he had a good season. He's a, a nice stretch big. So um, – yeah, I mean, I think it's it's a fine signing too. We forgot one guy. Um, there's this one Asian guy on that team. Hey, before we get to him, we got to talk about uh, Anthony Bennett, man. Do we really have to? <laughs> like, okay, you got you got to talk about Anthony Bennett for like one minute because I got to go take care of something really quickly. So okay. talk about Anthony Bennett. Uh, <laughs> well, our deals with a, a little boy. I'll be talking about Anthony Bennett. For those of you who don't know, Anthony Bennett was the first pick in uh, the, how do I put this kindly, the not so great 2013 NBA draft. Um, he uh, is Canadian and uh, he played for the Raptors last year and um, he was drafted by Cleveland, but, um, Hasn't had a great career in the NBA so far. Uh, has trouble, you know, maintaining his weight. He uh, he hasn't been uh, he hasn't been great. I really don't know what else there is to say. There's not much to say about Anthony Bennett as it is right now. There's not much to say about the Nets. The Nets. I don't know. I'm rambling here. As Powers helping his little baby, but um, Anthony Bennett though. If you ask the Nets, if they had that one first pick. One first, one player who was the first pick in the past five drafts would be Anthony Bennett. And I'm sorry, I'm sorry to all the Nets fans who have to experience this. Hopefully, there aren't too many fast food places around where he uh, is stationed because, uh, you know, there's stories of his late night pizza runs at UNLV when he was in college. But who knows? I mean, what if, what if he all of a sudden explodes for 20 points a game, five rebounds? I mean, that wouldn't be great rebounding, but, like, I don't know. Like, some of these net signings are kind of depressing. It just it, – it's metaphor. It's a metaphor for the team itself. I mean, they had to get they, – they're desperate. They're, uh, there's, there's parallelisms between this Nets team and – actually, they're, uh, they're uh, across the street rivals, the Knicks. And I'll talk, we'll talk a little bit about the Knicks later, hopefully, because that's Sorry. kind of story. Sorry about that, guys. You know, got to – Got to take care of the kids. Got to take care of the kids there. Um, man, that was a rant that you went on. Poor Anthony Bennett, man. Former number one pick. He can't even catch a break, huh? <laughs> no, I mean, here's the thing. As I said, I don't want to look down on the guy. He's just like, here's the thing I'm happy about. I'm happy they're giving him a chance. I hope the guy makes use of this chance because based on what I've heard about the player himself, he doesn't. he doesn't really want it. He's not really like – committed to the game of basketball hey, suppose, you- supposedly he's in great shape he had a great um summer for team canada you know <laughs> actually but you know he, he's probably i mean to expect him to live up to expectations of the number one pick that's obviously long gone and just hopefully yeah. he can contribute something to the team i mean you never know he has lots of potential he has um lots of tools but it's going to be wishful thinking to, to, to hope that he contributes much this season, I think. If Anthony Bennett's watching this, I don't mean any harm or respect. Prove him wrong, Anthony Bennett. Prove him wrong. I think, I think you can use this negative energy and create it into <laughs> something positive. Anthony Bennett, we believe in you. 
Um, but we must know that that 2013 draft wasn't the best of drafts. Horrible draft. Horrible draft. No, I, I, let's let's be a little nice. There's hey, was, was Giannis in that in that draft? Yes. Oh well, Giannis is Giannis. good. Giannis and Gobert. 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 Um, there's this, uh, Victor Oladipo was in that draft. Oladipo is all right. He's a free awesome. agent who, who, a legend, Dion Waiters. Oh man. Yeah. Okay. Nets do not sign Dion Waiters. I know you guys are talking about <laughs> we'll get, it. Do we'll not sign their, Dion Waiters. We'll get to their future options later, but, um, <laughs> we forgot about the Asian guy. All Let's right. See. Now for our main man. And, uh, probably the reason why most of you guys are listening to this podcast. And honestly, the reason why I'm doing this podcast, just kidding. <laughs> It's Jeremy Lin. Um, man, before we even get started on Jeremy Lin, man, I know that some of his fans are just straight up crazy. And they're just like Lin maniacs and they're like trolls and there's like all kinds of like super crazy Lin fans out there. We are not those people. Hopefully we're trying to just give you a fair look at um, him and, you know, his strengths and weaknesses. He's you know, he, he is what he, he is. We're obviously fans of him and his game, but um, we're not we're not crazy. We're not crazy, okay? So don't take it that way. But we do okay, like Jeremy Lin. I will defend Jeremy Lin and sacrifice my pride to defend him. That's my guy. That's my guy. That's my guy too, man. I, I've met the guy. I have a, I have a signed uh, jersey and a signed basketball city in, in my house of him. I love Jeremy Lin. Um, and I, 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 you know, we've been waiting. I think a lot of people have been waiting for this moment for him where he's going to get a chance to really do his thing and shine and have a coach that believes in him. And, um, you know, he hasn't had that since D'Antoni in the Knicks, you know, last time that he was in New York. So um, I'm excited to see what he's going to do. Um, I'm a little cautious, you know, I, I don't want to put like these huge expectations on him. I think, you know, he can do, he can do a ton of stuff I and mean, I really do, but he's, he's going to have to go out there and do it before I get too hyped up. One thing really quickly. I think he could have gotten more money in free agency. I think so too, but I, I think that. I, I think really, but I think if you read all the things the media is saying about it, one of the big factors in his signing with the Nets was his relationship with Atkinson as a developmental coach when he was on the Knicks. Atkinson and Jeremy Lin, they bonded. And um, that's why, I, that's why I, I have hope for this, this pairing. I, I think, I, think I, I, I wanted Lin to go to a contender. He could be the sixth man off the bench and really help a team. But um, this gives him his best opportunity maybe to grow as a player and maybe to shine. And, you know, Jeremy Lin has proven a lot of people wrong in his career. And I think he could prove a lot of people wrong here. Uh, definitely. And, you know, I, I was not like you. I did not want him to go and be a backup somewhere else, even though he had a great season in Charlotte. Um, I've been waiting for him to just really get a chance to, as, as Coach Atkinson says, be the full-time point guard. And he's kind of said it, that Jeremy is the full, full-time point guard. They're going to give him um, the ball and see what he can do. And I think that, you know, when he's empowered and he gets the minutes, I think, I think he's going to have a much improved season, whatever that means. I think he's going to have a really good season this year. Yeah. It's, it's going to be, it's an interesting fit. As you said, he's going to be the ball handler. He's going to have that starting point guard duty. Um, one thing that's interesting, I think Atkinson will have him play off the ball more. He's going to have a little bit Sean Kilpatrick and stuff and, and like, have a little bit I, – I was reading somewhere they're going to have more Hawks-like offense and they're going to be more um, – how do I say this? Unselfish with the ball. What do you think about that? Because he, he did it with Kemba and Charlotte, and I think it could work. Yeah, I mean, I think, of course, like, you know, when, when Linsanity happened, it was just like pick and roll, pick and roll, pick and roll. And, and uh, Jeremy had the ball like 90% of the time. And obviously, you know, it – you know, he put up huge numbers and it was, it was a really fun time. But – um. I think in reality, you want that kind of better balance on the basketball court. And, um, you know, I think Jeremy, he, Jeremy Lin, he's just had kind of like a few years of really, you know, it's been a struggle for him, but I think he's learned a lot, especially about how to play off the ball, you know, with Harden, with Kobe, with Kemba. Sure, so, you know, it's, 
he's been through hard times, but I think may, hopefully my hope is that those times have been preparing him for this moment where, you know, he'll have time with the ball to show what he can do, but he can also um, succeed off the ball where he can, um, you know, kind of use those skills that he's learned the last couple of years. Yeah, that's why, that's why I, as I said, I'm, I'm hopeful and optimistic about Jeremy Lin, my guy, being on uh, the Nets because, one, as it's just, it's just going to give him a chance to show what he's got and uh, to, to use the, the things he's learned through his stints with the Rockets, the Lakers, which was a terrible time, the Lakers. Lynn, forget the Lakers times. Um, and, and the successful run with Charlotte. But um, one thing I do wonder about this fit, do you do, – so as I said, they, they might be running a Hawks-type offense. How do you think, how do you think he's going to – Okay, let me let me simpl- simplify the question. What do you think his splits will be next year? What do I think is what? His stats? Yeah. If you had if you had to put money on it. <laughs> okay, if I had to be like conservative, I would say like sixteen and six. I think that's interesting. Pretty, I think conser- conservatively he would be like sixteen points, six assists. I think that's um realistic and attainable if everything goes really well you know and it just clicks and everything works out and they have good chemistry i could definitely see him getting to like the 18 19 you know seven eight nine assists per game i think that's possible but probably a little bit less realistic than 16 and 6. that's interesting um what about you what do you think it's it's tough to put a finger on it as i said if i'm being I don't know. I really don't like. It could be anywhere, to, like a fourteen point five assist season, to a twenty one point eight assist season. It could be a great season. It could, I don't know what's gonna happen, but I, I mean, think, I mean, you think about it. Last year, he played off the bench. He played what twenty something, you know, minutes per game, and he was averaging like eleven point something. Even with the Lakers, he averaged like eleven points per game. Um, on the Rockets of that year that he started, I think he was like at 13 or 14, and he didn't have the ball in his hands a lot. Um, I would hope at least 16 points per game, you know, with this chance to shine. I would hope at least 16. But Actually, um, actually I completely take that back. I just remembered who was on that roster. He's going to average 35 points a game. <laughs> well, okay, let, let, let's see. Okay, obviously, Brooke Lopez, he's, he's going to eat first, right? He's going to be yeah. – He's probably going to be the leading scorer of the team. He's he's going to get you 18 to like 22, 23 points per game, right? You know, you can you can expect that from from Lopez. Um, and then I think Lynn will definitely be like the second leading scorer. That's what I would anticipate. But you hey, never my know. Guy, my other guy, the the two guard on that team, Sean Kilpatrick. The guy can score. Cincinnati Bearcat. The kid can score. And I forgot they have. Bogdanovich, Bogdan, or is it Bohan? I don't know. They got some semi-shooters on that team. (laughs) But, I mean, these are numbers with Lopez. You know, with Lopez's injury history, if he goes down, Lynn could put up some big numbers. He should go for 81. (laughs) I think he should. But we're not not hoping for for Lopez to go down. We definitely want Lopez to – to be healthy, have a really good year, and hope, hopefully him and Jeremy will be that one-two punch this year. I like Brooke Lopez. He seems like a cool guy. Yeah, definitely. Down-to-earth guy. Um, he likes yeah. going to Comic-Con. Actually, that's Robin, but still, they both are <laughs> in stuff. Stanford grads, too. Interesting. Hey, definitely, I think, the smartest one-two punch in the NBA, huh? Stanford and Harvard guys. Yeah, I know, right? They're going to be the most educated. Well, usually what they should do. They should go sign Landry Fields, man. <laughs> yes, definitely. They should create an all top five college team. All so, Ivy Leaguers. All Ivy Leaguers. They should get. They should. They could have a starting lineup. Uh, yeah, definitely. Well, be- Jeremy Lin's the only Ivy in the NBA. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, okay. So you can do what? Brooke and Robin, Landry Fields. Landry Fields. Jeremy Lin. Anthony CJ- Brown. Anthony Brown. <laughs> um, Hey, you know, actually, the Lopez twins and Fields were on the same college team, and that's the team that Lynn wanted to go to. That could have been their college team. Can you imagine Amazing. that? 
That would have been cool. I mean, I don't think he'd have... I don't know. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. Yeah, probably I mean, Jeremy might not have gotten drafted if he was on, on that team. Yeah, that's <laughs> the thing. Get some uh, big spurts on that Harvard Crimson team. Yeah, that's good for him. That's good for who else can you add to that team? Are those only, the only ones? I'm feeling we're forgetting someone. What about CJ McCollum? Lehigh? That's, that's not an Ivy League, though. I know. I don't think there's any other Ivy Leaguers. Yeah, there's only one Ivy League player in the NBA, but we're trying to find another Stanford guy. I feel like there's one more guy. Oh, they're probably, like, all out of the league. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. Anyhow, someday we should. That, that'd be fun. And then they'll use uh, the Pythagorean theorem. <laughs> the best angle. They'll, they'll calculate the best angle. Best, uh, yeah. All yeah. analytical team. All analytical. All they will do is shoot threes and run. Like the Rockets? Yes. Daryl Morey would join that team. MIT guy. Oh, let's not go there. All right. So any more thoughts on Jeremy Lin? I'll close with this on Jeremy. I know there's a lot of fans out there with him. And there's reason to be optimistic. I think he's going to have a good season. I think he has a chance to be possibly ready for this. I think he could be the lead scorer on that team. I really do. I really do. I don't I don't trust Brooke Lopez's legs. I don't. I'm sorry. And I, I he think... He was healthy. He had a great year last year. I do, but if... If you look at his injury history, it hasn't been great. So I don't know if I can judge him based on that one year instead of his whole career. But, you know, I really think Jeremy Lin could become a really featured option on that team. You can't deny Jeremy Lin's ability to score, especially in the pick and roll. He has to I, – I think he's been working on his, his shot. That would be great if he did. He has been, definitely has been. And um, if, he, if he develops into – at least an above-average three-point shooter. I think that'd be huge for his game because if there's one NBA skill that Jeremy Lin's great at, just great at, he can drive the basketball to the bucket. Definitely. He can get to the paint. He can get to the paint. Yes. And for all those people that are offensive and racist, Asians can drive. (laughs) Jeremy Lin is an example of that. He can drive it to the basket. And so in conclusion on Jeremy Lin, I think it's going to be a good year for him. How about you? What do you think? I, I think so too. It's going to be a good year. But in conclusion, how can you forget about the most important thing, man? The hair. Oh, my. <laughs> oh, my. My hair is doing great right now, as you can see. He's got to do the water, hair right there, too. My part is on the other side. No. Um, what do you think of the braids? I kind of liked it, you know, like a, a little Allen Iverson in them, in there. <laughs> oh, my. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's not something I would do myself, but hey, good for him. Have fun with it. You know, you want to you want to do the cornrows? Go for it. I absolutely loved the hair last year. The spiked up. No, I liked it when he didn't even you know spike it up. It was just it was just messy and it looked like a bowl cut. You know why? Because yeah. I almost got that haircut. <laughs> I asked my barber, "Hey, can I give him a haircut?" And he got mad at me. He didn't get mad, but it just didn't go well. So you I did know, not get the haircut. Man, I. I uh, my favorite haircut for Jeremy Lin, honestly, is like the the Laker haircut with just like the mini faux hawk with like a couple of lines in the hair. I thought that was cool. I thought that was good Sorry. enough. Sorry, Power. I'm not going to remember any of Jeremy Lin's Laker years. They weren't. <laughs> this is just. I'm not going to think of those years. That's no. That, that but, was uh, a good hair. That was a good hair time, man. That's when he was a little Hollywood. <laughs> man, I thought how. Just to all the Jeremy Lin haters out there, how can you not root for the guy? Just a <laughs> decent guy. Nice well, fellow. Okay, honestly, I think lots of people like Jeremy Lin, but some of his fans, honestly, are out of control. Out of control. That's yeah. fine. <laughs> look, at, look at Laker fans. Both of us are Laker fans, but for some reason we're doing a Nets podcast. But let me say this. Laker fans, we Laker fans defend Kobe to death. To, like, literally the death. We will defend Kobe – even if people will say things like Tim Duncan had a better career, we will we we say Kobe, Kobe's better. We we don't even really back it up. We just say Kobe's better because we have that passion, we have that fire. These Jeremy Lin fans are in the same way as us. We, they have, sorry for my improper grammar, but they have that same fire. They have, they just have that passion, and I respect that. Yeah, I respect that too. You Jeremy Lin fans, including you know us, we're Lin fans too. You know, root for your guy. Just be cool about it, okay? <laughs> yeah, just just respect other uh, other 
fans. But if, if if people hate on Jeremy, just say okay, he'll prove you wrong next. Yeah, I mean it's it's not, it's not for his fans to defend him. He needs to just go out there and do it. And I think he's gonna do that this year. But uh, he he doesn't need people to defend him. He really doesn't. You know, he can do it himself. He's he's a grown man. Yeah, he um he's man. Um, you you fans. God bless you. You got you all. You are wonderful people, and um, but I, I know he he appreciates his fans and those guys who are fanatical and you know all out for him. He he does appreciate those guys, and you know you guys always have his back, and that's cool. That's cool too. We should rename this podcast the Brooklyn Podcast. <laughs> I think that's copyrighted. There's like some other websites and stuff already doing it. So okay, we've been very we've been very Jeremy Lin focused for like the past twenty minutes. So um, in conclusion, as we said. We're optimistic for Jeremy Lin. We think this will be a great year for him. But uh, let's move on a little bit to, to the Nets and their uh, their future. What do you, what do you think? Do you think, as I said, it's a, it's a future, in, even in the midst of Jeremy Lin's hope and the new coaching staff and the new, new management, do you think there's hope that they can ever, you know, get out of this dark tunnel and see the light that is success? Well, I think with, you know, sports and all teams, there's always hope, right? That's why we root for the teams and, yeah. you know, we, we we love these teams and we want them to do well. Um, unless you're the Kings, there's no – there, there's hope. Yeah, so there is hope, but I think it has to be a little um, under control. You know, like without the draft picks, it's hard. It's going to be – a difficult rebuild without these high draft picks, you know, um, historically those top five, top three guys at the draft are, are the guys who are going to make big impacts in the league. And if you look at the history of the NBA, it's, it's a stars league. You know, the, the best players are the ones who lead teams to championships. Um, but saying all that, I think that the front office and Sean Marks and coach Atkinson are, really uh, leading this team in the right direction and building the culture, doing the right things. And um, it, it gave them the opportunity, opportunity to get Lynn and uh, we're going to see how he does. If he has a really good year, I think it's going to help speed up the, the rebuild definitely. And it'll attract free agents. And um, hopefully that these guys can draft well, it's kind of to be determined, but um, I think it's definitely headed in the right direction better than, where they've been in the past where they've just kind of focused on how much money can we spend right now and how many assets can we give up to build the best team for this season, um, which is not winning basketball. You know, you have to think about the about championships in mind, about the, the big picture, the, the long-term goals. And to all those Net fans, Net, is it, do we say Nets fans or Net fans? I don't know. Nets um, fans. To all, those, uh, to all the fans out there, um, you need to exercise patience. It's it's it's, it's going to be a long rebuild. And um, here's the thing, Nets fans: if there's any bright side to this, uh, this is uh, this quote unquote gloomy future. Um, there's no team winning the championship in the next three years, but the Warriors or Cavs. So um, it's a good time to not be uh, uh, to not be great. You'd uh, you you don't want to be in the position that the Clippers are in, or um, some other. Even the Atlanta team. Hawks, right? Like where you're a yeah. good, you're a nice regular season team, and you can't compete. You're getting them checks, Dwight Howard. Hey, you can't say no one but the Warriors or the Cavs are going to win. You never know, man. You never know. But, I will bet you ten bucks, dude. OKC, OKC was like ten minutes away from winning it all. If they had beaten Golden State, which they could have very easily could have, they would have beaten the Cavs and the. the and everyone was saying, you know, Golden State, 73 wins. No one else win the championship. They lost. Anything can happen. They're one KD injury away from not winning the championship. LeBron could cramp up again, okay? Don't – most likely it's going to be Cavs and Warriors, but don't count other teams out. You never know. I'm not counting them out. <laughs> I'm just uh, I'm just stating that there's a okay, 90 Okay, 10 bucks. 10 bucks. Let's raise it. 20 20 that the Warriors or Cavs win the next three championships. All right, 20 bucks, 20 bucks, 20 bucks. Oh, shucks. What if the Timberwolves become good? <laughs> oh, no. 20 bucks. Let's do it. 20 bucks. I'll take that bet. Actually, the Thunder might contend. You know why? Russell Westbrook might prove that he could be five people on the court at the same time. 
And then, uh, you know, multiples of Westbrook. Westbrook's going to the Lakers. Okay, forget the Thunder. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't, I'm no comment there. But um, going back to the Nets, what were we talking about again? I completely the, the future, the future, the front office, and the future. Oh yeah. What do you, what so do you think I, about the future of the Nets? So the Nets, Nets. Let's talk about right now, the present future. They have eighteen million dollars in cap space. What should they do with that money? Definitely not sign Dion Waiters. That's definitely not what they should not do. Okay, I don't care what they do with the Dion cap space. Waiters, no. no, you no. you you wouldn't be willing to do a one year. $18 million contract for Deion Wade. <laughs> Heck no. Heck no. Not One year. It's, no it's worth taking a flyer on with a team option next year. No way. No way. That's I more would... than anyone's bidding for Dion. He what, Then why would you give him $18 million, right? He, I don't know. Just, just, he, just take a flyer on him. No way. He's a cancer, man. He's not. That's not how you build culture. You him in the playoffs. Okay. Sean Marks and Atkinson at their press conference when they introduced those, those new guys, they said yeah, it so know. many times. High character guys, high character guys. That's not what Dion Waiters is, man. I'm alone here in this conversation, Waiters Island. You're on Waiters Island. You can be. You're you're gonna be there by yourself, man. <laughs> no, Bill Simmons is with me. Those guys are getting off, man. Those guys are getting off. He doesn't even have a team. No. He, you know where Waiters should go? Him and Jr. need to go sign with the Kings. That's where they should go. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that'd be amazing. Imagine it with. <laughs> Darren Collison, you have J.R. Smith, Dion Waiters, and then how about we'll, we'll do Scal and uh, Boogie? Those guys are going to kill Scal. Wait, who is who's there for? They don't. They started Jason Thompson. No, Jason Thompson wasn't even on their team last year. Yeah, he who was. was oh, they got Rudy Gay. Rudy Gay. Rudy Gay. Oh, we forgot about Rudy Gay. Yeah, Rudy Gay. Yeah. He's one of those guys too. Okay, <laughs> nobody wants to hear about the Kings. Nobody wants to hear about the Kings. Okay, okay. Let's, let's, let's go back to Dion Waiters. Let, really okay. let, me, let me tell you one guy that I would sign, I would take a flyer on, is Mo Harkless. That's, the I, guy that's that I, exactly what I was about to say. You know, they struck out on Crab. Portland has already invested so much money in Evan Turner. Come on, give me a break, <laughs> Evan Turner, man. <laughs> but I think, you know, for the right price, if they could keep, uh, if they could get Harkless, I think Harkless could uh, add a lot. He's like 23 or something, right? He's insanely young. Yeah, so I think I think Harkless would be a uh, would be good. I, I mean, they might be done. I don't know if they're still adding guys, but Harkless is a guy that I would be interested in. So hmm. that's funny. I still think the flyer and Deion Waiters would be fun, though. No, Deion Waiters no. backward that'd be great. Hey, Deion Waiters, you know what he can do? Okay, really quickly. Did you watch Deion Waiters in the playoffs? I did watch Deion Waiters in the playoffs. He had a nice playoffs, but he was like he was like the fourth option. Okay, if he goes okay, to the Nets, he's going to want to be the number one option. Here's the thing about him. He does some things bad. He'll miss the uh, occasional layup wide open. He will make the occasional It's not about layup. the talent. It's not about the talent. He's obviously talented. It's just yeah. it's all the mental. He's a head case, man. He's a numbers guy. That's where you and I are, uh, differ a little bit. I, I, you're not a fan of Boogie Cousins and his uh, attitude. I, I, I'm willing to take that on. No Boogie. We, no we keep mentioning the Kings. We should do a Kings podcast. Oh, nobody will listen. <laughs> no, nobody. but uh, yeah, no one. The Kings, we don't. Is there any? Okay, so Harkless. Is there any other guys out there besides Harkless? Yes, there is. Rudy Fernandez. And Real Madrid. Rudy Frank. I thought he almost signed with the, with Philly, right? I don't know. He's a uh, – I, I have a feeling we're going to see an influx of Euro players because uh, – actually, I don't know. I have no idea. But um, <laughs> one guy I think they should, again, they could take, you know, a flyer on is um, – I don't know, actually. I don't know what flyers they can take. Dion and Harkless were the big names. I, I, <laughs> I really wish that they had gone and looked for, like, a stretch for. Um, I really wanted them to sign Myers Leonard. I thought Leonard would have been a nice piece um, to stretch the floor there, but um, mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know if there's any other stretch fours out there worth uh, pursuing. I don't know. I, I, I don't. Yeah, it's just. Do you think they can get anything in the trade market? I, they don't have assets, though. They don't. Yeah, the problem any. is they have no assets. They have no assets at all. So I think they're they're just going to have to. Look for bargains and 
you know, projects and hey, who knows? They might find the Nexus on Whiteside. You never know. It all went down when Jay-Z sold his share in the Nets. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so now let's think more long-term future. What's next for the Nets? What, what do you think? What, what, are your, what are your thoughts on the Nets in, in the future? It's going to be a rough few years. There's going to be some bright spots. I think Jeremy Lin will be a bright spot for them. I think uh, Brooke Lopez might develop into – I mean, he's already a very good player. His stats make him seem like a perennial all-star, but uh, he, I'm optimistic because um, cause the coaching staff, um, Kenny Atkinson, he's the one who developed Al Horford's perimeter game. And um, what if he did that with Brooke? Who knows? <laughs> who knows? I, I don't know what to expect. Baysmore had a great year, too. He yeah. worked a lot with Atkinson. Next thing you know, um, the Brooklyn Nets, like some – see, okay, one thing we haven't acknowledged is um, – the NBA version of luck. Luck is very important in this thing, in, in, in the NBA. For whatever happens, like literally all the teams that are in front of them, not all, but like the, they, they, a lot of bad things will happen to the teams in front of them and they get an eight seed. Who knows? That's so, not going to happen. But in the okay. long term, so how, think, how many wins do you think that they're going to win this year? If you had to put a number, how many wins do you think the Nets I can't are? answer that question. I can't. I don't want to answer it. <laughs> you answer it first. Okay, I I honestly don't know, but um, like I said, I I do believe in Jeremy Lin. I think that he has the ability to make the people around him better. So I mean, we saw that in the insanity when you know that you look at the roster of the guys when they won like all those games straight. Like how much talent did they really have? You know, their that roster is probably worse than the Nets roster now, right? Wait, wait, wait. Are you talking about the Knicks roster? Yeah, when they went through the little insanity phase, like who guys who were actually playing. I think that's a better roster. Okay, you're talking about what? Shumpert? Novak. Shumpert, Fields, Novak, Amari. Tyson, Chandler, and Jared Jeffries. Post-prime Amari. Amari wasn't even part of Linsanity, dude. Like They were winning all those games without Amari and Melo. Actually, he was, he was in the Toronto game. I distinctly remember that. Are you sure? Yes. I, I feel like Melo, I'm not Melo, Omari, Omari was not that huge in. I mean, he wasn't a huge fan of it. But like, no, he wasn't a huge part of it, man. He was out. I feel like he was a part of it, though. Melo, Omari were out, and it was like Tyson, Jared Jeffries, Novak Fields, and Iman Shumpert. And it was just like nobodies, man. Honestly, nobodies. And nobody could create their shot. And that's what helped create that magic of insanity. And like, I feel like the Nets are in a position where they don't have any choice really but to give Lynn the ball. Like, they don't, there's no point in them tanking because they don't have their picks, right? So most teams in this situation would just tank, but there's no point for them to tank. So they want to be the best that they can. And I think for the Nets to be the best that they can, you know, without much perimeter talent, is to give Lynn the ball, you know, and let him operate, help, let him feed um, Lopez. So I think... I think they can be better than people expect. I mean, I might, I might eat my words later. You know, they could be horrible, but I think, I think they could be good. I think they could sneak up on people. Depends. Uh, it depends on the coaching staff and their schemes and how they run things. But I think, I think they could be decent. Um, um, uh, Sec- second bet, second bet uh, of the of the of the show already. Want to do like a. Over okay. under, over under on Nets wins this year. No, I'm not gonna do that. That's that's it's <laughs> gonna cause. I don't want to be. I'm not. I'm just not gonna comment. Here's a here's a tough question. Who's gonna be worse, Nets or Sixers? I think the Sixers are gonna be worse. I don't think so. I, I think the Sixers will be better. Because of Simmons, Simmons can't score, dude. Here's the here's what they're gonna do. They're gonna start Simmons at the one. They're gonna start Nerlens Noel at the two. They're going to start really low more at the three. Joel, oh, Dario Saric will be at the three. Noel at the four. Wait, they'll start a lineup of all 6-10 and over. And they'll win the championship. They're going to be – Sixers are going to be better. They're going to be better. But uh, they're not going to be like – Okay. I'd like to clarify. I just said Sixers will win the championship. That was was a joke. You just lost all all your credibility right there, man. They are not going to win the championship. Maybe if you raise their 2K sliders up and uh, if you make uh, Ben Simmons 
have a three-point jumper, a la Steph Curry, maybe. But um, no, they're they're they they're another team that's very interesting. Like we don't know what's going to become of them. But um, focusing on the Nets, um, I think the Nets will be worse. I just think I just think the Sixers have. I I I don't know. I just feel what, like what talent do they have? They have Simmons and they have Noel and Okafor who can't. Stas Castillo exists. Give me a break, man. Stauskas is not good. I still believe he's not good. I still believe. And then it's you got Stauskas. who? Jared Jared Bayless as their point guard. And who's your Gerald two? Henderson? They're oh, gonna yeah. start Gerald. They're going to start Jared Bayless, Gerald Henderson, Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons should be a four. Who's Dario Saric. Saric is a four also. It's going to be uh, – what what's his name? Covington. Covington. The big factor for them is this Joel Embiid character. Dude, that guy is huge. I think you, you're the one who you think he's going to be a bust. Okay, I, I think I think if he plays, he's gonna be good. But the, the... Well, he texted me a while back and said he's a bust. This is this is my guy. I I thought he should have been. I, if he that plays, time. he's good. If he plays, he'll be good. The problem is, how often is he gonna play? It's like gonna be like Greg Oden all over again. Don't say that. Don't say, <laughs> don't say that. It's been so two well, years. Hey, I hope he proves me wrong. I hope he does. I think Embiid's a cool guy. He's awesome. Follow on Twitter. But uh, he's got to go out there and play. And and if he can play, then what are they going to do? They got Noel. They got Okafor. Oh, um, Colangelo has been very public about trading one of those bigs. Yeah, Okafor is going to go. Okafor, I think Okafor is the odd man out. Okafor is not a good center in the modern NBA. Okay, let's move on. Okay, we're we're running long. Ending thoughts on the Nets. On the what? What are your ending thoughts on the Nets? Um, be patient, Nets fans, and um. You could take this time to take up a new hobby. You know, you can learn how to sew. You can learn how to, um, I don't know, surf. Well, there's many surfing. There's not a lot of waves in Brooklyn. Okay, <laughs> never mind that. But just, you have to realize this is a time where your patience will be tested because your former GM, a man who I named earlier but will not be named for the rest of this podcast. Voldemort status. <laughs> he, your GM, past GM didn't do a great job. Of um, how do I say this? Managing your future, um, you guys don't have the assets needed to, you know, build a team to at least have a little success now or even in the near future. But as with all teams, there's there's optimism. There's light at the end of the tunnel. The issue with the Nets, the tunnel is very, very, very long. In the midst of that, there's still some fun pieces. You have Brook Lopez, who is a fun guy. He's gonna he's gonna be um, he's gonna be you know. Put up maybe 20, maybe a double-double, good scoring. He's not really – he improved his rebounding last year. But um, Jeremy Lin, who is our guy we've spoken a lot. We haven't even spoken about if we should tr- trade Brook Lopez or not, but we're going to – I'm pretty sure they're going to keep him. But um, Jeremy Lin, bright spot, and um, they have some interesting pieces. Rondé Hollis-Jefferson we didn't even talk about. Fun guy. A lot of I, – I just – that guy looks like a guy. <laughs> anyway, Jeremy Lin. Keep repeating Jeremy Lin. It's Jeremy Lin. It's Jeremy Lin. And he is the Jeremy Lin of that Jeremy Lin team. And, um, yeah, so Nets fans, be patient. You'll be all right. All right, my final thoughts. I think it's going to be a – hopefully it's going to be a fun year. Hopefully um, these guys will develop a lot under Atkinson. I I expect a lot of improvement. And, um, you know, you never know. You never know, Nets fans. Have hope. And uh, it's it's gonna be a fun year. Whether whatever happens, it'll be a fun year. Definitely, it's the NBA, the greatest league on planet Earth, and um, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. And um, if the Nets, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop with the negative energy. <laughs> There's one positive Nets fans can take. Um, you know, we should end the podcast right here as I think about a positive, and I'll get back to them in the next one. Cliffhanger right there. Five positives from the next podcast. So there's something for you guys to anticipate. Five positives from Joshua David, next podcast. You have it on on, on, uh, on camera there. Yes. And um, I hope you enjoyed this the, the, this podcast, everyone. There were some rough parts. Connection was a little fuzzy sometimes. Um, the baby was crying a little, and I had to go off on Anthony Bennett. Sorry, Anthony Bennett. But, um. <laughs> 
you know, it's 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 a work in progress. Hey, just like the Brooklyn Brooklyn Nets, we're a work yes. in progress. So there's nowhere to go but up from here. You know, actually, this this podcast is exemplary of the. <laughs> this is an extended metaphor for the Nets. We got a we got a we got a young talented star in uh, Joshua David, just like Jeremy Lin, uh, ready to, to lift our podcast to newer heights, just yeah, like uh, Jeremy Lin and the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, and um, we're gonna grow. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. So, um, yeah. So uh, just just be patient with us. It's gonna be fun, and we're gonna hopefully entertain you enough. We both have uh, different unique perspectives on this game of basketball, and um, it's it's gonna be fun. What do you think, Power? Thanks for uh, listening, guys. Uh, we're we're hoping to bring you lots of uh, more Nets podcasts, and uh, hope you guys enjoy it. And we will see you guys next time. All right. Blessings. Bye. Bye, guys.